Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown Show, a show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. to Collections by Michelle Brown. I'm your host, Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. Jeffrey Glenn Cross is a Detroit original. Growing up on Detroit's east side, he attended Finney High School, then went on to attend Wayne State University where he studied business management and at the university's International Academy of Design and Technology. He always had a passion for the arts since childhood, but photography wasn't his first choice. In 2002, the endless possibilities that a creative mind and a camera could create drew him to the craft. It became his passion a passion that led to his successful business, J. Cross Photography. A published portrait, fashion, wedding, and event photographer, Jeffrey's work has been featured in national and international magazines. His work has also been featured in a documentary and on a reality TV show. Jeffrey has photographed award-winning CD covers for a host of musical artists. Jeffrey has worked in New York, Houston, L.A., Nashville, Chicago, London, Paris, and Amsterdam, but home is still Detroit. One of seven siblings, his most cherished photos are of family. On August 17th, his work will be a part of a night of art, music, fashion, and more in downtown Detroit at St. Andrews Hall. Raw Detroit Unchained is a fun and alternative way for creatives to showcase both their talent and creativity to the local community and the world at large. It's not your average art show. The mission of Raw is to serve independent artists with tools, resources, education, and exposure needed to thrive and succeed in their creative careers. Jeffrey, welcome to Collections by Michelle Brown. Well, I'm here with a native Detroiter and Eastsider, um, a Detroit-based photographer. His business is J. Cross Photos. Um, Jeffrey Cross. Jeffrey, how are you? I'm doing great, great, great in yourself. Oh, I'm doing good. You know, it was funny. We just like sort of got into a conversation. And, you know, I I love people from Detroit because you find them everywhere. And we are so creative and we are doing so many things. 
And, hey, you're from the east side. I grew up on the east side. Um, okay. We went to different schools, but, hey, that's okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, right. So, you know, Jeffrey, I was telling you, I have looked at um, your website. I've looked at some of your pictures. To me, they are just absolutely stunning. Were you, you. What got you into photography? I know I have talked to people. Um, one young lady who said, like, you know, they had bought her one of those um, little almost like throwaway cameras when she was little, and, that, and it was on then, and she was just taking pictures. And But what got you into photography? You know, it's interesting. Uh, I think photography found me more than I found it. I um, was actually working for the gospel singing group, the Clark Sisters. I was running a website for them um, mm. as the administrator of the website. And I was like, we were using some old stock photos they had. And then I was like, well, we need more pictures, more updated. And I bought a little camera and started taking pictures, was like, go on the road with them and get behind the scenes pictures, that type of thing. I'm like, oh, these pictures need to be better. So I bought a better camera and started kind of playing around with it. And it was mainly for that reason. And I guess people would see me out and about with them taking pictures at places and would ask me, like, hey, I'm having an event. You want to take pictures? This And I'm like, well, no, I'm not a photographer. I don't do this. <laughs> but I didn't realize I was becoming one. And then I've kind of started getting interested. I had an art background. My first year of college, I was actually an art major, and I've drawn and painted all of my life. And so I had an art background, and I just kind of started playing around with uh, taking pictures of family and friends and kind of studying, looking at what's in magazines and trying to sort of duplicate that type of thing. And it kind of went from there and some friends offered me some money to take pictures of their singing group, and it kind of went from there. Was your family, were they your, like your first models? Were you were the one, like, either, oh, make sure Jeffrey comes because he's going to bring a camera, or, <laughs> Jeffrey, please, stop, put the camera down. Can't we put your <laughs> do that? You know, were you always trying to, like, fine-tune <laughs> the lighting and stuff with them? Right. It was actually a little of both between family and friends. And and I didn't think about it, even as a kid. And now looking back, like my mother, she's gone now. But she had so many photo albums. And she took pictures all the time, but I never thought about it. It's just so many pictures that she took. And she always had a camera with her. She wasn't like a photographer photographer, but she always captured stuff growing up. And even she bought me a camera when I was a kid, and I used it quite a bit. Even my sister, my sister's a little older than I am, and when she got married, actually in our living room, this was mm. back in like 1980, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I actually took pictures with my little 110 camera, to, like you had to click it and then move the film over type uh-huh, of thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> And to this day, she was telling me those are the only wedding pictures she had because I took pictures, and I was like probably 13 at the time, so... It's funny how um, I just I didn't think about it at the time, but I guess I was doing it back then too. And never thought about it like that. It was you just know, something it, I did. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. I had talked to uh, someone who worked at the Schomburg um, Museum in New York, and one of the things that he had done is he was saying that he had found that African Americans, our families, at some, one point had taken 
like so many pictures, and he encouraged people not to throw out those pictures because you were able to see, you know, so much of what we had gone through, you know, in our travels and what was important in doing that. Do you still yeah. have any of those early photos? Oh, yeah, I have basically all of them. Wow. <laughs> I mean, everything I've probably taken, I've got, I have a a bin that back, you know, back when you used to have to develop photos and they come in a pack. Mm -hmm. Um, I have some in old photo albums um, and then I have some in the bins. And so I still have those photos. I just, just, and it's amazing how important they are today when you look back and you see the, to the ones who are no longer here and just Mm -hmm. the different, parts of your life, like a family birthday party. And, I mean, our birthday party consisted of cake and ice cream in the living room. <laughs> That's what we did <laughs> growing up. And but mm-hmm. somebody, I was taking pictures at that type of thing. So, so yeah, I guess it was it started earlier than I thought. But back then, I just didn't think about it as anything but taking pictures of the family. So, so yeah. You know, like what you do with your camera, to me, is art. you said that you had this background in art. Did you, when did you start to, to feel that photography was an, an extension of this passion that you had for the arts? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think when I, I was, let me see, which particular shoot made me feel that way? I, I remember um, I was, like, kind of experimenting with friends. Then I started to charge people. It was a little money, and people would pay me for photo shoots, that type of thing. But one day I, I shot this guy in this burned-down house in Hamtramck. And, I mean, he was dressed to the nines. I don't know what made mm-hmm. me want to do that, but for some reason I thought it might work, and it really did. And those pictures from that photo shoot just kind of made me feel like, okay, I have something and I I can do something with this. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that was like that particular shoot that really um, sort of, it kind of solidified that um, I was in the right place in the right space. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I know that, you know, from that little 110 camera and you've watched them develop. You know, I mean, to where now, like you said, like I was putting in, like, everybody now is taking pictures. But you know what? You take pictures, and you don't have to filter them. Because, so, you know, you don't have to do quite as much work as everybody else. That You know, you're going to go like, when did they take this picture? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. How did you learn or or, or what, you know, did you did you ever take classes? Or something? Because I noticed that there's a level of composition. There's a way that. And some of the ones, the way that you have people, like, their juxtaposition, you know, there's things in the background. How did you, I mean, is that just like, did that carry over from your eye being an artist? Or, you know, did you eventually sort of go back and say, okay, I kind of got this, but I need to learn how to do this a little bit better? Oh, I definitely needed to learn to do it a, a little bit better. I actually took classes of Monica Morgan. She's a she's mm-hmm. based here in Detroit. I'm sure you mm-hmm. she's like major. <laughs> and oh yeah. Luckily, years ago, she was actually teaching classes at Wayne County Community College, like evening classes, and I was like, "What?" So I signed up for those, and I took classes with her. It's like you know, learning from the best. 
Mm-hmm. And then I also, I, I started, like, buying, studying magazines. And even, like, at my home, I have, a, like, a mini library of coffee table books from some of the great photographers, um, just everyone from Gordon Parks to, like, Richard Avedon and uh, Herb Ritz and a lot of the major and Patrick Demarchier. So all these major um, coffee table books, I am kind of a collector of those. So Mm -hmm. I've studied that work and kind of put my own twist into it till it's not like I'm copying but influenced by. So it was between taking classes and YouTube has been just as far as learning camera settings and functions and things like that. So between learning from Monica Morgan, taking classes with her and have gone out on a few things earlier on years ago, with her and it it's all was and then I had a mentor who was like one of the most amazing photographers I know. His name is Gaston and he has been I mean, gosh, he's taught me so much <laughs> he's mm-hmm. taught me so much about photography and fashion and capturing people and capturing moments and that type of thing. So I, I've been very blessed to um to have some um good good mentors. Mhm. How did you how did you develop that relationship with him as your mentor? You know, he was a friend of mine prior to me getting into photography and I knew he was always into photography and he was very um very um experienced in fashion also. And so when I started getting interested, I just kind of reached out to him and he would have me come on set and set up for He's done so many, like, major uh, things. He's done a lot of photography work for the Motown Museum and a lot of other things. And so he was just like, here, set up the lights. And so I'm looking like, okay, where do you want me to put them? And he basically was like, you figure it out. So he kind of was <laughs> pushing me in the water. And I'm mm-hmm. looking, and I never, every time I set him up, he never, like, really, I won't say never, every once in a while he may do this here, but for the most part, I guess whatever I was doing was right, even though I didn't know I was doing it right. So it taught me a lot about lighting and that type of thing. And so he, I've known him prior to me having an interest in photography, so that was like an easy connection. You know, did, did he... Did he sort of like pick up on the fact that you know you were doing more than just setting up the lights and it that you had this this talent? Yes, yes, I've showed him some of my work, and he would like critique he gave a hard critique and oh, still wow. does, so I mean, and which I needed you know you don't want somebody to sugarcoat and make you think you're doing things right. So he really showed me, you know, a lot of things when I thought I knocked it out the park. And he was like, well, you should have did this that way or this and that. And it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) And so just a a good, honest critique, which is, you know, that's what everybody doesn't want that, but that's what's needed. And so he's been uh, great as far as helping me kind of get to where I'm trying to go in photography. Wow. You know, I mean, and and that's important, especially – when you are artistic, you know, because often people, oh, that's nice, but you really want to hear that hard critique so that you can get better at it, you know? Right. And often people don't want to do that. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. yeah. Have someone, <laughs> someone hits me up on Facebook from time to time and they'll send me images and I'll give them an honest critique of what, like, okay, you got too much shadow here or this and that, and they 
I can tell just by the tone of their response that they don't want to hear that. They want to hear <laughs> validation that they did it right. So I'm like, you can't grow that way. But mm-hmm. it's like, I'm like, find someone else to <laughs> to blow, blow you up, I guess. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, tell you that you tell you that you're great, and then you wonder why. You know that it's those those challenges, those critiques that help you get better, so that you can you can go on. What is your right. you know looking back over the years? What has been your favorite, your go to camera that even now you might go and say, let me pull pull my 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 buddy out for this shot. <laughs> Well, I have been um I about a year ago I bought the mirrorless camera, which is a Canon RP. Mm-hmm. And so I've been using this one a lot. It it just feels differently. It's a lighter camera. Um it doesn't have a built-in flash, but I've gotten used to that part of it, but it's been kind of my go-to as of late. And I have an old Canon. Oh gosh, I bought this camera like when I was first starting, from time to time I use it. It is a uh, what is it like a Canon 20D or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like at this point it's considered antiquated, but it's a camera I really like shooting with from time to time. So they keep they upgrade them all the time, almost like an iPhone, and you go broke trying to keep up with them. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you have to have some skill behind whatever you're using. So regardless of if you spend ten thousand dollars on a camera, you still don't have the eye and everything else. You just spent ten thousand dollars on the camera. So, so yeah. But the mm-hmm. RP Canon RP has been my go-to lately. Mm-hmm. Now, I tell you, um, my brother-in-law, do you remember the Ritz camera that used to be on Michigan Avenue? Yes, I do, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, you probably know my brother-in-law. In fact, I knew him through film and taking pictures before he met my sister. And it was funny, she went to introduce him to me, and he said, oh, I know her. You know, because I was one of those ones. I was always taking, you know, it was like, I'll go in and get these little packages of pictures and all that. But he was one of those people who also, like, he had this love affair for cameras. And, Mm. you know, and he knew all about the different ones and doing that. But, you know, things have changed. Like you said, you know, like how it's not that developing. And I know that there was a thrill when you got to that envelope. And I'd be hoping that the pictures all came out. And if they all right. came out of an event, you'd smile, or if they came out bad, you'd be you'd be heartbroken. <laughs> but you know exactly. But now, you know, you have a you almost have like a, a instant look at, at what it's going to be like. Do you miss? And because you said you know, like you de- you've developed your own film, do you miss that whole process? You know, I did not develop when I, I started with film though, but I never mm-hmm. did the the dark room developing my own. I would like drop it off to be developed, so I never got mm-hmm. to that point. And I was very reluctant into going into digital. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to go digital. I want to stay in film. But I think um I have so much respect for the the old school photographers who did the the film and did the developing of their own and just the different, the patience it took and the tricks of the trade and all of that. It, it was just a whole different game because a lot of the photographers now complain that the everybody's a photographer now and the market is oversaturated because anybody picking up a camera just click and the digital 
you know, if you had a roll of 24 film, you had to get those right. <laughs> and mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. digital, you could almost take 100 pictures, and if you got three good ones, you're good. But it's like, so I definitely see that. So I, I never developed my own film, but I, I it took me a while before I really was like, went over to the digital. Because when I started, I did start with film. But um, I, I switched over, and I, I know that it's easier as far as with the digital. And, I mean, I think everything that technology is involved is made to make our life a little easier and things like that to process. But I, I just have mad respect for the film photographers who, you know, were before me and who did the whole dark room and all of that. Mm-hmm. When you were that young guy, you know, and with the with studying in the arts and stuff, what did you see your future as being? Did you see yourself being a, you know, someone who's going to paint to do sculpture or that? Is that where what the direction that you saw yourself headed? I wanted to be a, a commercial art artist, illustrator, kind of design ads for advertisement companies. That was. My first, through high school, just growing up, I always drew and through high school and everything. And I think my first year of college, I just got a little nervous and I decided to take the safe route mm. <laughs> and I'm like, go into business instead, instead of being like, you know, you hear so much about the starving artists and this and that. And I was like, I think I better do something a little more secure than um, trying to be an artist. And so from there, I worked in like I worked in the medical field I worked in Mm -hmm. banking I worked in education so throughout my career and I worked in human resources and so I did everything but art until (laughs) when I started getting into photography actually Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah it's funny how life will take you (laughs) on a roller coaster ride basically so yeah Mm mm-hmm but you know, you you were t- I, I like how you said how your mother always had the camera. My mother was another one. She always had, especially when they were those little ones, and you know, she always had one of those so she could take take pictures, you know, at an event. Mm-hmm. Because, like you were saying, you know, you never know, you know, this is that person, and that's what what the other person is doing. It. You said that you took a yeah. lot of pictures of family members, and you know, I was talking to someone, I and um. They said, oh, now we have these pictures and we don't know who it is. You have all these pictures of family members. Do you ever go through them and, you know, do you try to write on the back of them or or make sure that the person that needs to see this picture of their cousin, their mother, themselves as a little person gets at least a copy of that picture from you? Wow, I've never thought to write on the back. That does make a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. I've never thought to do that. And, like, some of my earlier pictures, like, even from, like, I took my camera to my prom, though I have, like, photo albums with those pictures in it, but some I have scanned just to post, like, on social media or that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I've never thought to write on. And I actually have a, um, when, after my mother passed away, she had like all these, some of my siblings, they got like a photo album here and there. There were like a bunch of loose photos. I have a suitcase full of loose photos, and I scanned probably about 40% of them. 
And I was like, I can just scan them and have them on the digital form, and you all can do what you want to do with them. So, mm-hmm. But I, I've got, like, a ton of just pictures. that. And so she really took a lot of pictures, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I never thought about it. I'm like, my mother was a photographer. <laughs> she really was. Mm-hmm. Do you have a most treasured photo that maybe you didn't take, but you've come in, and now when you look back, it's sort of like and Inspires you to keep doing what you're doing. Hmm. I'm actually looking. Probably my most treasured photo is a family photo of um, myself. I'm the youngest of seven, and it's like my wow. myself mm-hmm. and all my siblings and my mom and dad on this particular photo. And the fact that there are like five people on that picture who are no longer here. So that's like the most treasured photo I have right now. Um, and as far as I'm inspired by different things at different times, uh, and like a photo of one, there's probably not one particular photo that just will inspire me. It's like from day to day, that's always something different or even a something, a scene or something like that. So I don't have one particular photo, but that, particular photo here is the one I probably cherish the most in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you say that you have pictures of you. I like that you you talk about having pictures of your mom. And and even just then how you said there were seven of you and you're not all there. I have pictures of both of my parents who aren't here. In fact, I got a picture of my father when he was like maybe five from an aunt who passed who had a suitcase full of pictures, you know. And and uh-huh. they have those around there. There's something about, like you said, there's things that sort of like you look at it and, and they're there or it makes you yeah. smile and go back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So. I, um, <laughs> I found some. My parents were teenagers when they got married, and I did find a picture, and I'm sure they're teenagers on this particular photo, but it was so ruined. I but I found a lady who did a miraculous, and it was a small picture. It was like a wallet size photo, and mm-hmm. it had a big mark around it, like like somebody ripped part of the photo off. And she worked magic on that picture and wow. really uh, just cleaned it up. And I so I got it printed and blown up and gave my siblings copies and. I've actually got that on my wall, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. along with I got like a wall dedicated to them with some of the older photos of my parents and and so yeah I I gosh I that's another one I cherish but it, it's the photos are so important sometimes we don't think about it at the time but you know you're looking back over just the history of our lives and moments in our lives. And so that's where I do, I like to do the Patrick's past, I mean, the fashion and the creative photography mm-hmm. scene, but I also do like events also where you're capturing people's life moments. And that's what it is when you think about it. I've done baby showers and anniversary parties mm-hmm. and birthday parties and different milestones of people's lives. And you're like capturing a moment in history of somebody's life. Do you so think I enjoy that? that too. That the fact that now, I mean, because, you know, you do, you see, I mean, I know people and, and you see they go everywhere and they're always taking these pictures, but you never see these pictures. And sometimes they forget that they have these pictures. And 
there's there's the good thing about having being able to take it with your phone because you know it might be that one in a lifetime thing. But then there's also the thing that sometimes you know they're just taking pictures and you don't have them. Do you think that? What do you see as the good and the bad of everybody taking all these pictures with their phones? Mm-hmm. What do you see as both good and bad, the pros and cons? I would say the good is that you do have, like, a camera at your disposal right then and there where if a moment happens, because sometimes if you get, like, just depended, before we had camera phones and we only depended, there were sort of moments like, wow, I wish I had my camera. So that's Mm -hmm. the good part where you are able to capture moments on the spot and to have those type of memories and things like that. I think as a professional photographer, the bad is sometimes people feel like you have to stay out of their way or they want you like, hey, you're in my way, you're blocking my shot. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I was hired to capture this. And so, I mean, it's like that. And so sometimes the people, especially for weddings, um, gosh, it's almost irritating at times. (laughs) um, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And... And I shot one, and it was like it was a no phone allowed type of wedding, and it was just so like, wow, if everybody could do this, it was really just, <laughs> it just felt different. It felt like people were in the moment of the what was going on at the wedding as opposed mm-hmm. to just, just trying to capture a picture. And so it, it just felt different. And... So that that would be the the con of it is that sometimes when you're doing the events, people feel like you're in their way, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, I mean, I've had people literally like, "Hey, can you scoot over this or that, or you're in my way?" And I'm like, excuse mm-hmm. me. <laughs> so yeah. yeah they hired me. Excuse me. You know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> But Jeffrey, we're going to take our first break, and then I want to talk a little bit about the business end of it. So we'll be right back. Okay. And I'm back here with Jeffrey Cross. Jeffrey, I mean, you talked about how you came, you were with, uh, you know, you came out and you said, I need to t- upgrade these pictures. You started doing it. You started doing it. How did you take it? How did you go from being that camera guy to a businessman? How did you say, take, take that leap from just being the guy with the camera, oh, he'll be here, and to say that this is my business, you know, developing that, and how did you make that step? Ah, I, um, and it's so funny. I was talking to a photographer the other day because he was just talking about pricing and that type of thing. And he said he's been doing it for some years. He still don't know how to price. Mm. And there are so many aspects of the business. And I had, uh, I was telling him and I actually sent him an example because he had a situation with someone. It was all verbal. And I told him I don't deal with anything in the verbal. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think a lot of um, a lot of um, learning the business was from learning bad experiences, basically, because I would like do you know you make a verbal agreement like, hey, I'll do the photo shoot and we'll do it on Saturday at eight o'clock, and then you know you put your time aside at Saturday at eight o'clock, and then you don't hear from the person or they come up with some excuse. 
And it was interesting. I worked in HR, and it seemed like the same excuses people would call for not working were the same excuses that models and clients would give me for not <laughs> for not mm-hmm. showing up for a photo shoot. So I was like, oh, okay, I, I know what's going on now. So I, it was from those type of experiences that made me become more business-minded as far as having contracts and having non-refundable deposits. And mm. that guarantees people say, well, I haven't had that issue in years <laughs> since you do so having a non-refundable deposit and having a, a contract and having a, even like releases, a model release signed and even like letting the client know what all they're getting and just every, all my communication is verbal when it comes to doing photo shoots so that they can have it in black and white and there could be no miscommunication with, well, you told me this. So that um, adds I just kind of from bad experiences and not having the business taken care of is what made me to start having business taken care of so that it could be smooth selling with um with clients. Well, you know, often, you know, because like I'll do like performance art, I'll do speaking and sometimes there's some people when you say, Well, what is your budget for that? And they sort of look at you like, Oh, or there are people who have that expectation um, that you'll do it for free. It's like, oh, you know, you know, yeah. oh, well, you know, we're just a small this and that, and you know, uh, you can't just do this when you know that you know that there's that they could find funds if you ask it. And I've talked to people who um, either have who write books or perform or whatever, and they say, well, you know, it's hard to ask someone to pay you for what you do. Did you find that initially that there were people like, well, you know, look, could you come by the church and just take some pictures or, you know that, you know, you're my cousin or you're my friend. And then, you know, not thinking that, it, you know, that there are expenses involved. Oh, yeah. That, that has happened a lot where you're invited to an event. <laughs> And mm-hmm. you may show up with that. Where's your camera? And I'm like, oh, I'm here as a guest. <laughs> what you mean? Where's my? Or they expect, or they'll ask, hey, you think you could bring and get a few shots and do this? You know that type of thing. But mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you didn't ask your hairdresser to can they bring some hair? <laughs> you know Thank that you. type of thing. Thank so. You. <laughs> So I'm like, what I do cost, and I mean, this, there is a, a fee to this, but I have definitely experienced that happening. And even people who are very gainfully employed and able to take care of your expenses, <laughs> it's like when you go to an event and you've got like valet. It's at a house. It's at this big, grand, beautiful house with the valet parking and all this and that, and then they want you to come and do some freebies like that. So. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that a lot. But mm-hmm. I have no problem that, you know, it's okay to ask to be paid for what you do. <laughs> it's, there's, it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you do is special. So you should be, and like with you, hosting events. Like, that, you, everybody can't just get up and do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> I've got to get there. You know, if it's out of town, I don't have to get there. I have to have some place to day, you know, and, and right. it's just like, you know, I mean, that sometimes when people say, well, you know, I just couldn't do that, or or they will feel that if they're doing it 
somehow or other about doing it for the community, that that means that you have to devalue yourself, where to me, your community should value you, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's interesting. I was um, actually telling a friend the other day, I was uh, asked to, to shoot an event. It was um, for a place that I have patronized a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and they have items that are not actually cheap. <laughs> But mm-hmm. I've never asked for a discount or anything. And so they called me one day. They were like, well, we're going to have this event here. And was wondering how much would you charge for X amount. And I gave a price. And they were like, well, I wasn't looking to pay that much. But I'm like, you're selling like, you know, $200 hoodies in this store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. so I'm like, oh, okay, then. So it's mm-hmm. like we just were not eye to eye when it comes to, you know, sometimes it was like my, that's not my budget. And I'm like, well, it's not mine either. So mm-hmm. <laughs> no love lost. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that we talked about when we first met, and I, I have also, you know, met and told us entrepreneurs, but you had it. Like, and I'll say like, oh, you have a card? And they'll go like, oh, no, I forgot them at home. I said, wait. You do business. You never know where the opportunity is going to be, and you don't have a card. Exactly. You know, how yeah. how do you, besides word of, do you rely primarily on word of mouth? I know that if someone sees the quality of your work, they're going to want to know who did that. But what do you see as it's important that if you're doing, you should have? If you're out here and you're really serious about doing business, what do you need to do? Uh, for one, having a card, and I'm old school when it comes to that. I do not leave home without my card. So I keep mm-hmm. them in the car. I have them on my wallet. So that's mm-hmm. important to me. Some people, they're like, everything is like, oh, my social media, my social. But once you're following a thousand people, it's like, I can't remember what that person's name is to find them on social media. So it gets to that mm-hmm. point. So I feel like a car, somebody's going to sit it somewhere or put it in their wallet, and that'll be their go-to. Um, I have been uh, fortunate, a lot of word of mouth. I've worked with like some pretty big names who have passed my name on. i uh, worked with a lot of the large churches in the city. I've done a lot of things like in the community period, a lot with uh, some of our politicians I've done work for. So word of mouth has been really good. Social media has, I'm not a like, I'm not as much on social media as I need to be for what I do. It's like when you grew up in an era where you just kind of grew up living in the moment, and I'm a very live-in-the-moment type of person, even Mm -hmm. as a photographer, sometimes I will go, on a whole trip, and I barely take pictures. I'm just so busy doing, 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 and I know it's important to capture the moment, but I just don't want to cheat myself out of those moments by stopping to. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm having fun, but then I'm like, let me stop having fun so I can take a picture of me having fun <laughs> type of thing. So mm-hmm. I'm a very living in the moment, so I don't post as much as social media, but social media is a powerful tool. It's Really, um, for it, you can make all kind of connections uh, with that. And I remember when I first got on Facebook, I had posted some pictures from a wedding I did, and a couple saw them, and they lived in Milwaukee. And they literally they brought me down to Milwaukee, put me in a hotel, and paid me to photograph their wedding. 
And it was just through social media. So that's been a powerful tool. And I've gotten a lot of business through there, even from senior pictures to weddings to photo shoots to events, that type of thing. So I'm always trying to network uh, wherever I can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, because it really isn't. And, you know, and one of the things, and I did do it because you had a card and you gave me the card and you know my cousin was there, and he and he was like, oh, and and I took a picture of after I got home, I took a picture of the front and the back, and I said, and I told, I also told a young entrepreneur once, I said that I at least always have one card with you because everybody now has a phone, and and if nothing else, they can take a right. picture of your card and <laughs> yes, they've got your information, exactly. you know. So, exactly, I mean, that was smart. Mhm. What do you like to take? What do you like to take the pictures of most? And um, do you, because I know that you do men, women portraits, you do weddings, you do events, you do artists. Do you try to, do you have something that you like to do most or do you sort of like budget out, okay, well, right, if I want to stay of water, you know, I need to, to work out so many, you know, in June I need to be doing events. Or you know, uh, pride events, weddings, that kind of thing. Do you? How do you right. balance what you're taking between what you just like to take and then really building your business? Well, I re- I do the most. I like doing like fashion type for um, photo shoots, sort of coming up with a theme and a look and a location, that type of thing. That's what I like the most as far as the creative part of that. I do more events than anything. And from time to time, I have ideas I want to, like, maybe an idea I want to do, like a passion project, and just mm-hmm. having the right people to um, do, to, to make that idea come to life that's in my head. So that's what I enjoy doing the most. Mm-hmm. But I get more calls for, um, for events more than anything, and I do get people who do want, like, but uh, you know, photo shoots or or recording artists who want promotional product for what they do. But yeah, I would say the sort of the fashion type of photo shoots is what I enjoy most. So when you do artists, you know, in fact, I know some people. They live in Pontiac, and they went okay. They, you're gonna they went to see Mariah Carey, and they were gonna they wanted to just do the selfie, and she said, "Hold on a minute," and she had guy who was like, if you're going to take a selfie, you know, he's got to help them so that it looks like a good-looking selfie. And I was telling you, I was at the Lupus Detroit dinner, and Yo-Yo was there, and people wanted to take pictures of her, and she was standing in one place. She said, no, wait a minute. We have to stand here because the light has to be right. <laughs> who, who been, you know, when you get to that be is- with artists, artists, I mean, have you had you know, are they, how, do they trust you to take the picture or do they have, or are many of them like, you know, okay, make sure I look good. You know, do they trust you to get the right light right or do some of them know how they want to look and and want to tell you how to take the picture? I've had the experience both. Um, I've been mm-hmm. fortunate to work with some who have kind of given me some creative freedom and then I've had some who want to control the whole photo shoot and, like, really, like, this is the way what makes me look best. And they're 
telling you how to shoot them. <laughs> and I normally, I'll definitely do what they want, but I'm like, okay, let me try a few of these two. And just like, um, I'm looking like what the, what you're doing is not really working as far as for my eye, but I'll let you see what it looks like after the fact and let mm-hmm. you see what these look like also. So I'm always, I'm not going to argue with the client and, you know, I definitely will oblige and want them to be happy and, you know, feel like they have, run things <laughs> and so so yeah i've had um some who have um really tried to run things and to let me know what works best for them and sometimes so, that's not always the case mm-hmm. now have you have you ever been like had to like put your fan you know, like aside and say okay now this is a job but oh my god this is so much i'm getting ready to take that picture who who is has it been someone who you are a huge fan of and you just had to find a way to, to like sit that aside and, you know, just get in your photographer mode? Well, I did a um a red carpet some years ago. Um, actually I had um I did a red carpet in California, it was like the Grammy week. And mm-hmm. there were all these different celebrities. Uh, Kelly Price had an event going on. It was for the love of R&B. And so all these different R&B singers were going down. And I saw and Whitney Houston, she strolled down the carpet, like, out of nowhere. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so that was a big, wild moment for me. Like, wow, goodness. And, you know, I, I was my camera was on somebody else. I just turned and started snapping. Uh, Whitney, and she came down. It was like her entourage just went down the red carpet. I mean, it was on cloud nine. And what was so crazy about that, it was on a Thursday, and it was in L.A., and I flew back home that Saturday. And when I got home and cut the TV on, that was two days prior to her passing away. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that, that was just like a wow type of thing. I mean, that sort of hit me in my gut, like, are you serious? And so, yeah, that was like, I was like the arms reached from her and um, mm-hmm. that day. And then two days later, she passed away. But I, I hadn't, um, as far as, the, I've done a, quite a few. I've been in a lot of spaces with celebrities where I've had to shoot things. So I hadn't had that big fan out moment so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I will say I know once when I, I growing up as a kid I was I was crazy about the singing group Sister Sledge. Oh and, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and so a few, <laughs> well, about maybe a little less than ten years ago I was in New York and uh, I was doing a jazz show and I went to it and and a few of the others members were there too so I had a chance to meet them and that that was probably my big I kept my cool as much as I could but that was probably my big fan out moment if I. Mm-hmm. Ever meet Shaka Khan, they might have to take me out on the stretcher. But <laughs> other than that, <laughs> but I, I've been like a few feet away from Aretha Franklin in a room where, wow. and so I, I've been in some quarters, uh, Dion Warwick, uh, mm-hmm. been in some close quarters just from some events that I photographed, like the green room at different award shows and different events. So I've been in a lot of spaces with celebrities. But I've I've kept my cool. I'm always talking to myself in my head like, no, Jeffrey, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like standing now, out on the inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, but I'll tell you, okay, you're based in Detroit. You're still here in Detroit, and you've done all of these things. 
I, you know, and I know someone who, who does photography, and she said, well, after a while, she had to go to New York because she was she was just going, you know, there were all these opportunities and all these things that were going to, to happen. And, you know, you know, not not so much. But, I mean, there are people I know who do really great things, and Detroit is home, and they're still based in Detroit. Why are you still based in Detroit? You know what? I love Detroit, and I have thought of relocating, but I've been fortunate. I've done work over in New York. I've done work in Houston. I've done work in L.A. Um, I've done work in different parts of the in Chicago. I've done mm-hmm. some work in London, England before. So I've been fortunate to kind of travel and do some things, but Detroit is home, and I mean, who knows, one day I may relocate, but I really, I love Detroit. I -hmm. do, and I think there probably are some other opportunities outside of, and I mean, if I go to New York, I feel like I may get lost in the (laughs) fishbowl. Like, you have a million great photographers in New York, and like, okay, so I'm going to have to punch my way to not the top, but the middle to just Mm -hmm. get noticed. So, and I do, I definitely get her having to go and do that. But, I mean, there's so much going on in in Detroit now, so much happening. There's so many events, and, I mean, there's constantly building and everything. And I, I think there is a market for uh, working for a photographer to work here. Mm-hmm. What's your so favorite I'm, place here in Detroit? Like, if you had to go and they said, you know, we want you to, to take – whoever, and we want you to, to shoot them in something that will not only highlight them but really show Detroit, where would you go? Ooh, that is a good, hard question. And you know what's interesting? I was I had a client recently, a young lady. She's a uh, singer, and she plays acoustic guitar. And she wanted to go to Belle Isle, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Everybody shoots at Belle Isle, and I used to shoot at Belle Isle, and I was just like, why Belle Isle? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it just had wound up being like the most beautiful shoot. I won't say that's my favorite place, but it I haven't done been there in some years because every time somebody mentioned Bell I'm like, no, let's go somewhere else because I used to always, that was my go-to for photo shoots and stuff. But, um, and I feel like it's been overdone. But that particular day, it just felt like a different kind of Bell Isle, the creativity, the way things were being shot. And it was just, it was a beautiful space, and we had a lot of different um, different locations to go to, but... As far as favorite place in Detroit, gosh, there are, when I tell you so many, this is like a photographer's dream. This city, mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. are so, and I mean, sometimes I'm driving around, I'll like write down a street or a place I've seen because it's something like, oh, I've got to come back here and shoot this. Even like some of the rundown areas and some of the beautiful, like the Boston Edisons and then you mm, have yeah. like mm-hmm. the Eastern Market. There's so much going on in Eastern Market. You can do like a whole... <laughs> so it's hard to say one favorite place because Detroit is just... We're blessed with a lot... As far as if you're a photographer and the creativity and the locations you can find and go to, even some spaces on Divide Docks or in Mexican Town or... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. All over. And I, I'm I'm always, like, looking for locations 
And so there are so many. I mean, inside the Fisher Theater, that's a beautiful space. Beautiful, um, beautiful building. Yeah. Yeah. And gosh, I one time I went into one. It was the John King Bookstore downtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I went up on one of the higher floors, and gosh, it was just such a great photo shoot. There was some good natural light coming through, and we were just—I've snuck in a lot of places, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. Detroit is full of full of locations and places to do great shoots. So there's—I don't—I couldn't even come up with just one favorite. Well, you know, there's. The things that to me like are the old Detroit, like the train station, even though they're changing, like that viaduct you were yeah. talking about, the John King thing. But is there a new place or a new on the scene that I'd say that I guess you'd have to say that, especially downtown, you know, where it's changing. <laughs> so what have you, what do you see down there that that captures a different kind of beauty? You know, there's a park right in, it's on Griswold and Grand River. I think, is that Capitol Park? I think it's Capitol Park, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But um, that little park right there in that area, there is so much going on in that one strip block. It's almost shaped like a V, the way that it, it goes. But, I mean, I could see probably 10 different locations in that one small space as far as to do a photo shoot. Uh, downtown, they have that one alley where they've got these restaurants and it's real artistic. Uh, they call mm-hmm. it the, wow, I can't think of the name of it. But I've actually shot there. I did one, one of my nephew's senior pictures in this alley. I've done somebody's engagement photos there. So the new downtown has a lot of spaces, uh, a lot of really beautiful places to shoot. I mean, there are some coffee houses, uh, some of the wine bars around the city, just places I, that I, I that are great for doing our shoots. I think location really adds a lot to a photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm always yeah. scouting those. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't you love it when you just sort of turn the corner and you see something like, wow, you know? And, <laughs> and it's, yeah. And I think that there's a lot of outdoor art where, you know, there's these huge murals and you go like, wow, how did that happen, you know? And it's just, like, amazing to see, you know? Oh, yeah. That that is exactly when I do it. Like, it's a wow. That's exactly what it is. I'm like, where did this come from? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that is me. You just run up on on a place and it's like, oh, my God, where in the world did this come from? So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. love that. Yeah, I mean, there are so many creative. And I think that's one of the things that Detroit will always have. We export a lot of our creative people, but we have a lot of creative people who are still here who yes. do something they'll like like you, they'll travel and go and like I can see with planes, trains and automobiles, I mean you can go anywhere and then come back and exactly. there's something nice about coming back to Detroit, you know? Yes. Yes. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I have a your friends who okay. oh I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. What's your question? Oh, your friend who did move to New York, did it work out for them? You know how, um, like you said, it's sort of like suddenly you went from being one of the many fishes in the pond, do you know what I mean, as opposed (laughs) to standing out. And, you know, there's a constant degree of work, 
but it's not like you're one of many. Gotcha. And, um, okay. yeah, and, you know, and so, and it was, instead of where here they were able to use their art and do things independently, once they made that move, like, you know, they were just like one of many because there's so many creative people in New York, all of them trying to, to do it and chase down. So all these inroads to these industries, you know, when you get there, you're one of like a gazillion waiting in line saying, look at my stuff, look at my stuff, look at my stuff. Ooh, and, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that that experience that you had where someone saw your picture that you took and flew you to Milwaukee, that, you know, it's like that doesn't happen a lot. So I think sometimes like being the big fish in a small pond, it, it allows you to expand and do more things. I mean, we've talked, and, like, one of the things that she was saying is, like, how there are things that she had to compromise what she was doing because, like, maybe just taking some commercial kind of of, of drawing jobs, you know, to pay the bills as opposed right. to being, exactly. you know, and the art part was on the side. And, you know, if you're an artist, that's what you want to do, you know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to take our second break, and then we're going to talk about where you're headed. So we'll be right back. And I'm back here with Jeffrey Cross. Jeffrey, have you done – I know you told me that you had coffee table books, but have you done a coffee table book yet? I have I did one just for a personal use just to see how it would look. It's not one that's available to the public or anything like that, but I'm working on one. I can't unfortunately I hate to do an interview where you say, Well, I can't talk much about it but uh-huh. I can't talk but, but, much about it right now. Uh-huh. But I am actually um in working on one now as we speak and it's taking longer than I thought and I've been talking to a friend of mine and he was telling me that he put out a well he did put out a book a few years ago and he said it took him almost three years so I was like, Oh mm-hmm. like that process but and so I am working on something and I, I definitely I'll say stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, and I know that it does because I just got one from that a friend of mine who she was the editor and curator and there's a photographer and I mean and like it's been a couple of years she said, Well, we're working on it, we're working on it, we're working on it and it's a lot of work, you know, to sort of get it and to get it right and to have Right. Mhm. Yeah. Exactly. So so with COVID, okay especially with what you're doing. I mean, I can see a couple of things. Like one of the things is because how much people would value having pictures of the events that you're able to have or someone who maybe the elders in your family. But then there's also the part, hey, there's COVID. You know, people aren't going out. How did you pivot your business? during COVID to see the opportunities, but also recognize that you had to stay safe and you wanted the people to be safe. You know, you're not going to go and trying to do, you know, the wild basement party where nobody's actually, 
So how did you pivot your business, you know, over the past couple of years to accommodate this and coming out, well, coming to this normal, you know, because we're not going back to the old normal. It's this normal, where we are now. Exactly. Right. How did you pivot to that? That was a very interesting and scary time. Um, I had quite a bit, and it's interesting because normally the the beginning of the year, I may not as be, I guess it's hard to gauge, but some years it's like in the beginning of the year, you're not as busy as like the latter part of the year, or depend on certain parts of the year that you, if you already automatically know, I'm going to be busier during this time. Like, especially with, like, senior picture, wedding scenes, spring, summer is normally your busiest period because there's so much more going on. But Mm -hmm. that particular year, 2020, I don't know what it was, but the beginning of the year was, um, it was, that March was a busy schedule for me. I had a couple of things on the calendar for March and April of 2020, and we were slowly getting shut down. And I had a, um, I have a like a my non-refundable deposit policy, and at that time it was so against everybody's. Uh, we didn't know what was going on, but it was like nobody's fault as far as why things were not. And I just felt it was the right thing to do was to give like the people I had on my calendar, and I didn't know what financially my financial future would look like, but I gave them their deposits back. And I think just by doing the right thing, I was, I mean, I was really blessed <laughs> during that time. I was taking, didn't miss, miss a beat financially. I was taken care of, was able to just take care of things. But as far as photography, I was not doing any. Um, it was, you, you have too much contact with people during that time. And we were mm-hmm. in the unknown. <laughs> and so I just kind of had to cancel everything. And thankfully, I had some money saved up and was able to work with that and then was able to kind of take advantage of some things that the government had going on during that period. But um, I kind of was a... It, it just was a scary period. And a friend of mine, she reached out to me during that time because she felt bad for the high school seniors. Mm-hmm. And she did a project. I was hoping that she would have, like, did more as far as promoting it. But she reached out to some um, some seniors, and they had to write a short story as far as how the pandemic impacted their senior year. You know, we all remember senior prom, senior years, this and that, the senior dances, and they all of that was taken away from them, uh, from high school seniors. And so she mm-hmm. reached out to, I believe there were 18, and myself and another photographer, it was just like a passion volunteer project. Well, we both gave of our time, and uh, these seniors, we did photo shoots with them, and, you know, we were like, we were masked up. We kept our distances. Their parents signed all the forms and everything. And she put a really nice book together. And I thought, was hoping that this would have been promoted more. And it was a book. The seniors got a book, but I really think it could have turned to something bigger. The news could have gotten involved. I mean, because we just gave back to these kids who kind of lost their whole senior year. And... It felt good doing that. I felt really mm-hmm. good to be able to do that. And we just kind of scheduled the photo shoots. And we, like I said, we stayed masked up and we would meet at different locations around the city and do the shoots and, and move on. <laughs> but that, that, um, 
was what the pandemic looked like for me. But as far as I was getting a lot of calls for um, people were starting to get too comfortable too soon and I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I'm having, I'm celebrating my this and that, and it's only going to be 50 people in my backyard that time. And I'm like, oh, no, that's too many. So I actually mm-hmm. I did a few very small weddings. I did a wedding that were total with the bride and groom and myself and the two people in the kitchen doing the cook. There were 10 of us, including the guests in the entire mm-hmm. house. And so I, I did a few events that were really small and intimate like that. But as far as uh, people, some people were still trying to have big events. I just, at the time, was not interested in being a part of them. Yeah, I know, I know. But at the same time, you know, I mean, like you said, those things that kind of met, you know, like you said, if you had those high school memories and you want these kids to... Yeah, it was difficult, and they had to uh, learn from home, but there were some good things about it, you know, and to be able to capture those pictures yeah. of them doing that, that, you know, if anything, that was that was important. Yeah, and I, I thought I, what I loved about the whole thing, I mean, there were some of the students, they showed up, and they were dressed to the nines, photo shoot ready, but there were a few of the young men, I mean, they hadn't had a haircut in, like, a couple mm-hmm. of months. And, I mean, it just looked like the real of what the pandemic was. So I'm like, I really – it felt authentic. And the fact that they weren't so overly dressed and overly done and it, that it showed we are in a pandemic. And mm-hmm. I do remember when um, the George Floyd incident happened. I did. Mm. I masked up and I went downtown. And um, I I wanted to capture some of the uh, I was like I, one day I decided to go downtown because I figured this was prior to George Floyd but I just wanted to capture the stillness of downtown like everything being quiet and just stillness nothing going on because I'm like this is history that you know twenty thirty fifty years from now they're going to talk about twenty twenty. <laughs> And that particular day, I don't know what happened, who sent out a memo, but there were a ton of young teenagers downtown. And they were, I guess they they got a a little turned up, and it was like somehow the police got involved. It was a lot going on, but I I got more pictures than I expected to get. I was expecting to capture some quiet stillness, but I wound up capturing a lot of other um, just things going on downtown that particular day. But I did get some of the marches, the um, Black Lives Matter marches and things like that. I was able to capture some of that too because I'm like, I want to capture this history going on. So that was just things that I just wanted to do. But uh, financially, 2021, had I not been prepared and other things, it, it would could have been a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. You know, and and it is, but that because that was history, and you know, you know how you talk about you hear people who say, "Well, what was happening in your town during when this happened?" You know, yeah, and and if this is what what happened. You know, right? Yeah. Because okay. I just remember one night driving home and just seeing how the streets. I mean, there were a few cars on the road, but 
the stores, everything was just shut down. It was just like, just steal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wanted to kind of capture that. So one day, I don't know what I may do with these pictures, but I do want to just have this piece of history. Mm-hmm. That, that moment when it happened. You know, when you were talking about it and not being still, do you remember when we had the big blackout? <laughs> what was that? Like yes. I, did you take any pictures during that? I did not. I was not even doing photography back then. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't see. I, yeah, I wasn't even a photographer at that. Well, no, I wasn't as serious about photography back then. Mm-hmm. So no, I did not even. I was just trying to get <laughs> get get some light and food and water and all the other things during that time. Well, <laughs> but yeah, I do well, remember that blackout. I think that was two thousand three. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because you know, because I remember I was riding my bike. You know. And I remember, mm. like, you know, riding my bike, like, down Woodward and going, like, wow. You know, it was just, like, it was so, so unreal. You know, it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, and my father was in a nursing home, and I rode my bike to the nursing home to see him, you know. Oh, and wow. And there and helped the people, the people who were there working and trying to to take care of the people and get the stuff. I, I just sort of stayed there for a while and helped. But I remember riding my bike down Woodward and going, wow, this is weird, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, that was that was an interesting time. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, one of my sisters lived in Tennessee at the time, and we were actually going to go and surprise her for her birthday. It was a milestone birthday for her, so we were going to, like, go to Tennessee. And when she worked a late shift, and when she got off work, we were going to, our plan was to be sitting on her car <laughs> mm-hmm. she walked out of her job and like all my siblings, we were planning and I put some clothes in the dryer and I pushed the button and everything <laughs> went black. So I thought I did something. <laughs> I mean, the timing, as soon as I pushed that button, it was like just black. And I'm like, wait, what happened? So yeah, that was really crazy. That is so funny because I had a little apartment down by Wayne State and mm-hmm. I had saved up my money and bought an air conditioner. And that day, I turned the air oh. conditioner on <laughs> the first day, and I, I had to say, thing, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did I do? Oh, That's it, so funny. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. hot during that time, too. It was mm-hmm. August of 2003. I remember mm-hmm. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's when I hopped on my bike, you know. I said, yeah, and that's often I did a lot of getting around on my bicycle then. And, you know, Ooh. and I just rode my bike, you know. I wasn't worried about gas. I said, you know, I got my bike. And that, and that was one of the reasons why I liked living down by Wayne State because, you know, I, I had my bike and everything I needed was there. Exactly. So, wow. <laughs> so you told me that the – um. The coffee table book is in the works, <laughs> and and I will be expecting it. I should tell you, I just got one. Like I said, um, this is a, a, a um, which covers. They took pictures in the metros in New York, London, and Paris of the people riding the subways and the metros, and and I guess oh, this one was wow. like two, maybe three weeks, three years in the works, and wow. It just showed up, you know. I mean, so I get—I don't know if it has started to go on sale, but I know that 
was pretty close to it because they said they were just going to get it done and they would get me a, a copy to look at. It's beautiful. Oh, that was nice. I, I like, I mean, really, I mean, I love coffee table books. Okay. <laughs> and I have, I have gotten them, especially, you know, when they kept, I have some of black women and, you know, the, the lines mm. in their face, it's like so beautiful and that you'll, yes. you sort of see them and, and they, it was something that will take you there. So I know you're going mm. to do that. Now, I I understand in the very near future, you are participating in an event. What's that RAW? What is that about? What is RAW and what are you doing? RAW is actually a traveling art show. Um, Prior to the pandemic, um, I I participated in the 2018, and it it goes from different to different cities. And what it does is showcase artists of different areas. And then so there'll be fashion. There will be painters. There'll be, um, like, animation, um, music artists. So it's like a show. It's just a big art show, and it's at the um, St. Andrew's Hall. It's August the 17th at 7 p.m. It's a ticket event. And I will be participating. I'll have um, my artwork, uh, my photography on display. And there are even, like, jewelry designers. There are some um, wow. makeup artists who will be part of the runway show. And there's uh, this one hairdresser who does these really, like, outlandish hair um, styles and things. So there's it's like fashion art. It's just a whole a potpourri of art. <laughs> from different mm-hmm. genres. So it is a really great show and it's called Raw. And well they call it Raw Detroit and it's um August seventeenth, which is next Wednesday at seven PM downtown Detroit at St Andrews Hall. Now, you know, it's like was it like, okay, these are all my children. How do you pick the, the the favorite ones that you're going to put in there. How hard was that to to pick out what you wanted to put in this show? Extremely hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when you've been. It's been like a busy period lately, so I hadn't had the time I wanted to d- dedicate to. But it has been hard. But I, I was. I'm very glad with the pictures of the choices I've made for the show. And what I wanted to do was kind of show my range as a photographer. I didn't want – at first I wanted to do, which I, I am planning a show in the future, like a solo show with uh, one subject. But oh, wow. I mm-hmm. um, wanted to show a range as far mm-hmm. as the um, the work that I do have, that I um, will have. And so it, it was just, it's hard when you've taken so many photos and you've done so much, but just to narrow it down. But I wanted to just see what would capture the uh, the public's eye. Mm-hmm. And so I'll have some colors, some black and white, and people will be able to purchase artwork. People will be able to purchase um, photography, some of their jewelry makers. So it's just a big, great show, and it's a great um, showcase for artists in different cities. So it goes all across the country, from San Francisco to Detroit to Chicago, Texas. So it goes all over. And mm-hmm. normally it would come to Detroit. Prior to the pandemic, I know it would normally come to Detroit maybe like three or four times a year. And it's called Raw Detroit. 
And it's a like I said, it's a ticketed event, and I believe the tickets are like twenty seven dollars, but mm-hmm. it's definitely well worth it. Um, okay, so gonna ask. Oh, okay, so um, and do they go through um, St Andrews Hall to buy the the tickets, or how does what's the best well, way for people? Actually, to... the best way you can go online and um. I actually have a, a link that I'll give the address that uh, you can actually buy tickets like through my link, and it's just it's www dot raw artists raw artists with an s dot com mm-hmm. slash and it's slash J Cross Photography all one word. Mm-hmm. So yeah, raw artists dot com slash J Cross Photography dot com, and there'll be a buy tickets link right there. Do you prefer, I mean, I like black and white. I mean, I like color, but there's sometimes there's something about black and white, a black and white photo, which is like so beautiful. Um, what? But then the thing is with a lot of just two colors, but there's something that it can pick up like as far as, as textures and stuff that's different when you're working with color and in black and white, what do you look for to in that black and white that's going to you're trying to pull out? I absolutely love black and white. I um I mm-hmm. agree with um just the it just has a different feel to it. Um I, I love black and white but I actually I wanted my, my even my social media page to be not so black and white because for one while I was posting a lot of black and white. And so I I wanted to put some pops of color in it, but normally um, with, with the black and whites, I really like the the whole scenery of things like the background of it, even the the person's emotion. And it seems like it gives it just Mm -hmm. a, a whole different feel. And I love shooting like against textured surfaces, like, trees and like rustic type of walls and things like that. I think that looks really great when it comes to black and whites also. Mm-hmm. But, um, and with color, when I do work with color, I do like vibrant pops of color though. When I do go color, I like it to be vibrant and really nice pops of color. But mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of black and white. I uh, it just does something to a picture. It's even more, especially when you're doing like events and weddings and stuff like that. So I try to give a nice balance of color and black and white photos. And a lot of times you feel like people are like, oh wow, they really like that black and white. I feel like it kind of changes the emotion of the photo or something. Mhm, mhm. It's just something about it. And sometimes like you'll see a picture and it's just like. The black and white, and it just like grabs you. It just sort of grabs yeah. you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because there was wow. one particular photo I was using for the actually for the show, and it was actually originally in color, but I decided to print it out in black and white. And I'm like, wow, looking at the difference, it's just the black and white just really it caught my eye more when I did it in black and white. You know, it's interesting, you know. I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking at Raw Detroit, and I see I see one of your pictures right there. That's just just like beautiful. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, there's just some, there's something nice about it. Um, so, 
I'm looking, and I think that, that, like you said, on your website, you'll have a link to it. I know it's like rawartist.com. There's one rawartist.com tickets also. And um, they have a different artist, like they can see you. They are, uh, one of the things they're saying that all attendees must be 18 and over. I have not been to St. Andrew's Hall in years, and then it was to see music, you know, so uh-huh. I'm, I'm interested, you know, I but I can sort of like visualize how they could configure that space to show, to have all of this going on at once. It's amazing. The transformation is so amazing. Oh uh, yeah, we went last week just to do a walkthrough of the venue, which, like I said, mm-hmm. I, I was a part of in 2018, and just to see what the venue looked like empty, and then mm-hmm. when they add like the um, the, they have like a runway stage and the, the different um, stations for the different artists. Plus, they have like a upstairs and they got a third level. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you got a lot of people. I mean, unless you've been to a concert up on the upper deck, you may not even know about. But it's like it, the way it's spread out. It, it's just really amazing. It's a it's a great event, though. I mean, I'm excited about it. Very excited to. And be out there. I haven't done a show in some years now, so I'm excited for that aspect and just for to see the other talents that will be on um, on at the program at uh, um, at St. Andrews Hall. And will you be there where people can come and like go like marvel at you and and, and sort of say <laughs> hey, throw their cards for you to come and do business? Oh, I'm a business. I mean, you know, I. I I would definitely be there. Yes, I will mm-hmm. be there with my work. I'll have my um my area will be like designed with my work and I will be there and work can be purchased too. I mean, artwork from different painters, photographers mm-hmm. or whatever there's also the you can purchase art that particular day also. So mm-hmm. it it's going to be a really great show. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like I say, it, it displays a lot of the talent in the city and and I, I met some cool people. We had a few meetups prior to, um, and I met some really great artists who from the city, so I'm excited to see what they're going to be presenting also. Mm-hmm. Well, before I let you go, I want you to tell me the story. I, I'm looking at this picture. This is a phenomenal picture. It's this beautiful woman in this dress. It has like a print dress. And she's got she's leaning against this rusted truck, and you can even see like where the splash from like where maybe it was driving through puddles and stuff on it. This is just like amazing to me. I mean, <laughs> how what what was tell me the story behind that, and how did you think to put this stunning woman by this truck, which is like a workhorse, clearly a workhorse, and has seen its better day. Thank you. Um, uh, there is definitely a story behind that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I um, Actually, I was scheduled to shoot the young lady um, like a, probably like a week. And a, the week before that, I went to a fashion show. Well, there's a story, even like the truck part. But um, I went to a fashion show um, I was shooting at, and there was one particular designer which I really liked his designs. I said, "Oh wow, he's going to some nice. He's got some really nice things." 
And so I met him afterwards. It's so interesting how life works because he's like a very close friend of mine now. But um, we, I was telling him I was a photographer and I'm shooting this model the following week. I really like your dresses. So, and I, sometimes I do like you know trade sort of artists sometimes do trade offs with each other, mm-hmm. like talent trades. And I was like, you know, I can um, get you some images for your for your dresses if you want to promote that. And I would like to do this particular dress. So he came by the following week to the photo shoot, and I had like the makeup artists and. There was another model, too, because this young lady had really short hair, so she didn't need, like, a hairdress or anything. And he brought the dresses, which, I mean, you would have thought he measured her. And (laughs) the way it fitted her was perfect. It was just Mm -hmm. like, wow. I mean, she put it on, it just, like, fitted her like a glove. And the story with the guy, one day I was at a gas station, and I saw this old Sanford and Son-looking truck. And so my creative wheels started spinning, and I I thought I was going to shoot a guy with that truck. So I actually, when the guy came out of the gas station and I told him, you know, I'm a photographer and I really like this truck of yours, and I don't know what I want to do with it, but I want to use it one day for something, and he's looking at me crazy like this raggedy truck. And so we exchanged information. He gave me his number. And it was months later when I was shooting her, and I thought about that truck. And I'm like, that might work for her in this dress situation. So mm-hmm. I reached out to him, and I was like, hey, I'll pay you if you, like, come back for an hour between this time. And he came by, and he was, like, he really didn't get it. He's looking at me like, I don't know, understand what you're doing, why you need it, but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we did the shoot, and that was how that particular shoot came to life. I mean, there, it is just, like, phenomenal. Well, Jeffrey, I want to thank you. I mean, you know, I mean, just this visual right here, I mean, it's, it's just like, it's just something about, her. like you said, the dress looks like it was made for her, and then the truck. I mean, Leaning against wow. this truck and this trucking in it of itself, it like it says, this is a story. That, this is a story right here. Thank this is you. Just That's like, a, um, a Detroit <laughs> designer named David Rose made that dress. But, yeah, there's definitely a story behind that. There's a lot of things I do that, that their stories, which is interesting how you plan something one way and how it works out another way. But, I so appreciate you. Um, I, that's one of my favorite photos that you even acknowledge that picture. So I, I appreciate mm-hmm. you even noticing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I like all the other ones, but there's just something about her and that truck. It's just like, wow, you know that. I mean that right now. I mean, I love them all, but that one I really love. So I want to thank you. you again. People can find you at www.jcrossphoto.com. Um, you're on Facebook. Uh, you're going to be at St. Andrew's Hall for the Raw Artist Show, Raw Artist Detroit, on August 17th. That's Thursday. Um, yes, Wednesday. Uh, I believe. Oh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, Wednesday. You're right. You're right. It's Wednesday, St. Andrew's Hall, which is in downtown Detroit. Um, you can get your tickets online. It is worth seeing, and I'm sure that, you know, everybody else is going to be phenomenal because I know you would not be there, you know, if it was a bunch of lame stuff, you know, so I know it's going to to be great. But, Jeffrey, it is so nice to talk to you, to hear more about you. 
I'm gonna be waiting for that coffee table book. I, you know, every 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 year, every so many months, I'm a buggy. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> You're gonna get it too. Uh-huh. You are gonna you know. get it. I thank you. <laughs> so many good tips. You know, capture those pictures of people who you love. You know, believe in yourself and and and. Hey, get it in writing when you be a businessman, when you go about it, and then, you know, do what you love. I mean, you have brought it full circle. Again, thank you, Jeffrey. Wow. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. This has been wonderful. I thank you very much for even considering me. (laughs) Thank you. I want to thank my guest, portrait, fashion, wedding, and event photographer, the founder and owner of J. Cross Photography, Detroiter Jeffrey G. Cross. On August 17th, his work will be part of a night of art, music, fashion, and more in downtown Detroit at St. Andrew's Hall. Raw Detroit Unchained. Raw is a fun and alternative way for creatives to showcase their work locally, and to the world at large. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. You can listen to this or past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change, right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com.